and fellow adventurers, welcome to the MinMax Podcast. We want to thank you for joining us, and you do so as we continue the Extinction Curse. As always, we'd like to invite you to come join our Discord, a place where you can hang out with us and other listeners of the show. And if you'd like to throw a little financial support our way, you can check out our Patreon. And a shout out to all of those at our big number level and above. Rock Jedi. Wolf, Blardimus Slump, Thunder Mammoth, Elisa Ellie, Das Chris, Fizzgig, AC Goldner, Jason K, Dickie Lopez, Carnifex, Alex K, Mordine, Toma El Laka, Dr. Grinis, Forevermore, Frank L, Just Mike Works, Ross D, Treehugger, Darren W, Gold Rhino, Indie Link, Tawdry Monster, and Fig Tear. And we'd also like to give a huge shout-out to all of our new patrons, as we've already had an amazing response to the announcement on our Return of the Rune Lords show. At the build-up level, Everett S. and Alan L. Moving from the build-up to the big number, Zach S. And new at the big number, Zach E. Then at the grand finale level, Jamie H. and Slayer4967. Thank you all so much for your support. And now a recap of Session 96. We finalize our plans with the Gug Wizard Helg, secret leader of the Zolgath army. We teleport into the sea caves underneath Willowside and retrieve for her the statue of Bokrog. Upon our return to the siege tower, Helg and the wizard exchange spells and possibly some fluids. We then plot to kill the most likely Zolgaths to revolt when Helg tells all of them to go back to the Darklands. We invite those Zolgaths into a mansion and immediately combat begins. Right off the bat, the wizard gets hit really hard, which apparently pisses everyone off because we rock the shit out of them. The big bad of book four gets straight pwned. One Zolgath runs away briefly, but the wizard's GF brings him back near death. Peach Pie quickly makes it just death. Luckily, there's many unseen servants around to clean up the mess. Still chilling in the mansion, we sit down to discuss our newly acquired level 15. So, level 15. Uh, yeah, I can go first. Uh, Jebediah hit 15, which is nice. We get the plus to all of our well, the plus to abilities, which broke me finally into 20 wisdom and 20 strength. My spells, there's quite a few spells, but the only thing I really, well, the only thing I'll be preparing if currently is Clone Companion and an 8th level heal, which is 88 plus 64. You got Master Spellcaster too, didn't you? And I got Master Spellcaster. Also have a general feat, but that's a surprise for me. I'm still salty that Druid gets Master Spellcasting at this level. Yeah, I understand there's technically a full everything. caster, but come on, like... <laughs> <laughs> when wizards and sorcerers are getting it at the same time, I feel like that's bullshit. I play the druid very differently than I feel like most people probably play the druid. It works though. Like I can't do. I can't it do. It really does. Me and Swanee can't do the shit you do. Like even if we did, like respec our stats. Like, we can't do the melee the way you do it. I mean, it, yeah, it helps that I have the. I think the D8 is the only reason I'm able to do it. If I was a D6 caster, fuck yeah, it. Yeah, we're I so squishy, not. like con wise, and there's no reason for us to take strength really. You're, you're both sitting at a 22 of your main stat, aren't you? 21. 21. That's the highest you can have, right? Oh, now. okay. Well, yeah, I was. I'm mean, not that far behind. Because, yeah, I slowed mine down to where I just hit 20 on both of mine. Yeah. But, yeah, that's it for... Yeah, I think it's a big level for everybody to a certain extent. Especially when it comes to boosting numbers. Master Spellcaster is a big one in that regard. I can go next quick. Uh, so, Wiz, obviously, I pumped uh, into the stats I actually use. So, Dexcon, Int, Wiz. Fuck Charisma and Strength, I'll leave them at 8s, because who needs them, right? 
they're, they're nonsense stats. You don't need them. Uh, the feet, nonsense. They're nonsense. Uh, the feet I took because my the skill boost I got. I bumped my Arcana up to legendary. I picked up the feet unified theory. So anytime. I need to make a nature, occultism, or religion check, I can actually use my arcana instead. So the fact that I left all those as just trained kind of pays off now because I didn't waste any of my skill boost on those because I'll just use arcana for everything. It's always good to see that come into fruition. And with legendary and your primary stat to boot, like this is as big as it can get at this level. Yeah, and with my item bonus, if I t- and if I decided to take twice as long... Um, I have a plus 32 Arcana right now. Damn. We're breaking 50s on some rolls if they're in the high end. Yeah, I, could, I, I could break 50 without rolling a 20, so that's... Yeah. Yeah, we're getting there. This is Endgame, Pathfinder. We'll see how late game goes in second edition. Like I bitched about Spencer's Druid, um, I also got Master Spellcasting, so my spell save DCs bumped up quite a bit. And spells I took, one will be a mystery until I use it. The other one I might as well bring up now because it's going to be something I cast basically every day. Uh, Tyler was kind enough to let me take an uncommon spell, um, but it just seemed thematically fitting. I took Mind Blank. Basically, it lasts until the next time I make my daily preparations, but it gives me a plus four status bonus to saves against any mental effects. Uh, along with a long thing of text talking about how it counteracts uh, detection, revelation, and scrying effects on me. But mind blank just seemed fitting for the whiz. And that just lasts all day, basically. And right? that just lasts all day, and I, and I will obviously take a plus four status bonus to mental effects. Like, that's awesome. Uh, especially on higher levels like this, when mental effects could really fuck us. That is a solid level. Curious about your mystery spell. be fun to get to that. I can go. As the other spellcasters, I got Master, which means my spell DC went up by three this level, which is pretty fucking bitchin'. Wait, your spell DC went up all the by three? Yep. Yeah. Nice. Well, your nice. level yeah. plus Le- level yeah. one from level two from the that is nice increase to Master. But other than that, uh, Moonlight is no longer below average intelligence; just average. <laughs> Uh, So I added medicine as a skill because I didn't know what else to do. Never going to take any feats that go with medicine, so I don't know what the difference is, but hey. As a leshy, is your medicine like pruning? Do you, would, would you like some healer's horticulture? Tools? I, by chance, have healer's tools and am not trained in medicine. No, leshies just need shears. <laughs> just maybe a little miracle grow. Miracle but in all seriousness, <laughs> if you need healer's tools, I got some on me, right? I mean, need them? No, because I don't have, like, battle medicine, but I guess I could use just regular um, treat wounds. But my plus two is only, like, 21, so I'm not great at it. Only 21, so it's only an automatic success and almost critical success. Well, yeah, but I mean, that's just the, uh, na- the nature of being level 15. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> and then my general feat, well, I, my skill increase was to, you guessed it, intimidation. So now I have scared to death. You have it. It is time. I mean, the likelihood of actually getting scared to death off is ridiculously low because I have to critically beat their will DC. They then need to fail a fortitude save. And it does have the incapacitation trait too, doesn't it? Yeah, and it has the incapacitation trait. 
That's a, you know, kill a mook in a fight quickly. Yeah, very possibly. Since I'm legendary intimidation now, I can use a reaction to demoralize your foe when I critically succeed at an attack roll. I don't do a lot of those, but, you know, it's possible. You throw a book now and then. With true target added in there, you might have a chance of critting, too. Um, But, yeah, so I think that those two, I could demoralize someone and then attempt to scare to death them. But the scared to death stuff, if I don't critically succeed, it just makes them frightened. So it'd be overlapping each other and not really doing a whole lot. But I could use them in different rounds to get frightened on them even longer. And then I have two spells that we will see when we get there. So Peachfry is level 15. Ability boosts into strength, con, whiz, int. That charisma is still pretty low. Skill increase... Athletics up to legendary, and along with that, took the general feat Cloud Jump, which I don't know if I'm going to use much, but gee, it sure is fun. A couple important things from the Barbarian at level 15, one of which is greater weapon specialization, which means now between my strength, greater weapon specialization, and rage, I have static 19 damage on each hit, which is pretty fucking awesome. And I also get Indomitable Will, which is the shit Jeb has on will saves. I now have it for both Fortitude and will saves. When I roll a success, it is instead a critical success. Which I think is really... Barbarian. Yeah, for a Barbarian. Which I think is really important, because I have played a Barbarian to the end of an AP before. And you get into these high levels, and you face so much will save shit. And 1E, a barbarian, didn't have very good will saves. Like, I was just pretty much out of fights half the damn time from these high-level will saves that make you go do stupid shit. So I do think it's important for barbarians to have good will saves. And here we are. And here I am. We're in high-level Pathfinder play. And uh, I remember high levels in first edition, and it turned into Rocket Tag. Who went first and how hard could you hit? But we've run level 15 characters before and just played and just testing them out. So we've kind of seen how level 15 combat goes. It gets fucking nuts. You can talk to temples. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, you can talk to temples. (laughs) My buddy is a temple. (laughs) I'm not taking legendary nature. I'm going to take legendary survival. So when the wizard inevitably teleports us to another plane. (laughs) (laughs) It will happen. Will it happen while in this campaign, like while we're playing? Who knows? But maybe after. The Circus of Wayward Wonders was never seen again. (laughs) On this plane of existence. So, you all get teleported back to Willowside. Wizard, you're getting a little better. Where do you teleport to in Willowside? Center of town. Center of town? Just boom? Yeah. Mayor Vandy's office. No... Mayor Vandy can finally come fucking talk to us and not call us to their office. Willowside's had a little bit of time since the last Zolgath attack to clean things up. You're surprised because the last time you were in the middle of Town Square, it was uh, almost like a supply depot for supplying the front lines and for getting into the mansions for recovery and things like, like that. But it's actually relatively cleaned up. For the most part, the town of Willowside's not looking terrible right now. They still have some work to do. And people are getting to work. Nobody notices you right away. Do you have any place that you'd like to go? I think it's time to go to the bar. It's time for us to celebrate. Hitting uh, hitting the bars at 9 a.m. or 10 a.m.? We're circus folk. Who the fuck cares? Yeah. (laughs) 
So the hooked in then? Yeah, I mean, I figure if we go there, you know, and start celebrating, eventually people will catch on. I mean, we can throw like a party like right here in the street, like right outside the inn. Just be like, tell them to open the kegs and <laughs> throw in a party. We're back. It's done. The Zolgath army is leaving. Yep. I think that sounds like a good idea. Fucking sounds like a great idea, actually. I agree. Get some circus performers. Moonlight will start dancing around the uh, square. Well, I mean, it's sparse, the people around the square. The square is what uh, has the least amount of damage. The outer edges of town is where it has the most. So how are you getting everybody's attention? Fireball. Lots of fucking noise. I mean, we're going to strike up the band. I mean, the wizard's the circuit, uh, the the orchestra leader, right? The music leader. That's true. I forgot that was the thing. <laughs> this is set up for the marvelous Kelly book. Yeah, no, I was just looking up the rules for it. <laughs> Drop that motherfucker in the middle of the square. Yeah, I'll activate that. Takes a minute. In the minute it takes the wizard to activate the, oh my god, are we going to do this again? Because I've forgotten. The marvelous Calliope? Calliope? Yeah. I got a 36 performance check to play it. The instrument was usually pronounced Calliope. Oh, really? Because yep. I thought the Greek god was like Calliope. Calliope. Well. Oh, I can spend two actions to cast charm on one of the listeners? Where's Lederick? <laughs> <laughs> He'll come. He'll come. Give him, give him a second. Is it part of the activation, or can you just do it to somebody who's listening? It's part of that. Uh, well, it says activate, two action, interact once per hour. You play the Calliope, causing to charm one of the listeners. Ca- Calliope. 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 After a few minutes, some people start to trickle in. One of the first to show up is the professor. He goes up to everybody. Oh, you're, you're all back. God, thank goodness. You were you were gone for so long. Wow, what happened? Is it over? Yes. Yes. The Zolkas are on their way out. Are leaving. Visible relief. The siege is over. We have defeated them. As heroes do. Well, the wizard sort of did it as a bard typically does, but you know, it's, it's still successful. I fucked a dog. There, <laughs> there weren't even that many dinosaurs in the siege, so... <laughs> And there's enough people around that can hear, and they know how much of a hand you've had in this whole process. Somebody runs off and heads into uh, town hall right away, and Trevor is one of the first to come back, and Mayor Vandy following shortly after. Is it true? Is it true? Are they are they le- just leaving? We're not playing the magnificent Calliope for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> They are retreating back to the Darklands. I'm, I'm sorry, the sound of the Calliope is really, really overpowering your voice, <laughs> Little Knight. Could you, could you speak up for me? You can come closer, if you like. Leans down. Or here. And I will use the staff to project my voice. <laughs> there we go. The ringleader staff. I think it projects your, your voice in insanely far. Um, while wielding a ringmaster staff, your normal voice can be clearly heard by all creatures within 300 feet. That's easily all of the town square and several blocks in each direction. So, yeah. When, was that the professor that said he couldn't hear? or? Yeah. <laughs> it was the professor. Moonlight will just be repeat in using that projected voice. The Zelgas are gone. They have retreated to the Darklands. It is time to celebrate. I realize it is also a time to 
Morin and clean, but for now, it's time to celebrate. An eruption, because there have been more and more people coming in as they've heard the news that the circus performers are back. This flood of people are just shouting and cheering and raising their their fists into the air, uh, patting each other onto the back, and even Lederick comes up unheated, is going to jump on top of the Calliope. A turbo! Like, stand on top of it? (laughs) (laughs) He looks like he's about to make a rousing speech, but he has to make a will save first. I, I think we treat it as a magical item that, similar to like a wand, where it's using my DC. I, I don't disagree. I mean, everything in the edition seems to scale. It would be against intent, in my opinion, if it didn't. And he gets a natural one on the dice. <laughs> Critical failure, the target's attitude becomes helpful toward you, and it can't use hostile actions against you. He is my servant for the next hour. He's going to be packing my pipe for me and maybe grabbing me a drink, maybe some snacks. Do you make any immediate demands of him? Yeah, pack my pipe, get me some snacks and a drink. <laughs> so as he like gets up on top of the Calliope, you ask him right in that moment? Yeah. Okay. So he gets up, puts his arm up in the air, and he takes a big breath, puts a one fist on a hip, and stops, gets back down. And uh, everybody had gone silent for him to give a big speech, but instead he grabs the wizard's pipe from him and the pouch and packs it and then hands it over. He starts patting, like he's looking for a tender twig or something. Shrugs, he doesn't have one of those. I got that. Just snap my fingers. (laughs) Go get me a drink. Right away, wizard. And he, he disappears into the crowd. Those who were nearby who saw that begin laughing and just almost the whole crowd takes it as the start of the party. And I'm not going to go into big long detail here for you guys, but it, it turns into quite the affair. The Hooked in brings out kegs and they set up an impromptu bar in the town center. They clear some space and the circus performers come in and they begin performing uh, on the side and in the open areas. Some of the food vendors are setting up shop and grilling and making food for everybody. And it turns into this big block party really, really fast. Does anybody have anyone they want to talk to during this large celebratory gathering? You know, just want to hang out together and drink and be merry. Well, do we have to be merry? I don't know if Peachback can be merry. I suppose Peachback couldn't just drink. Perfect. <laughs> Uh, just kind of whatever happens, happens. I want to get a, a perception check from everybody, just kind of as a through the day sort of thing. 41. 40. Jeff's not paying attention. He's deep in the drink. With, you got a natural one. Hanging out with Bardolf again. So the day, the day would go by with a lot of performances circling in and out. Do any of you, got, you all want to perform for the town while you're around? I, I'm playing it. And, and Moonlight would probably at some point like dance on top of it, dance around the square. I don't know if you want multiple perception checks or performance checks, or if I can just use the one performance check for all day. Nah, the one is fine. Peach Pie will probably juggle and uh, get rained on. There is a giant storm above us right now, isn't there? There, there always yeah. is. Oh, that's right, there always is. And a 
Calliope playing ominous music. This is the weirdest celebration. I hope it's raining. Are people dancing in the rain? I mean, drizzling at least. You know, you can't have storm clouds gather in a single place for this long and not have some rain. It's just washing away all the, the burns, the scorch marks, negativity. <laughs> As you're all going through the uh, the celebration here, Moonlight and the wizard, you know, you got the highest perception rolls here. You see basically everyone. However, at the end of the day, you realize that you've seen a, a pattern. There's a, a pattern of a person periodically that you don't recognize. I mean, the, you're at Willowside. It's hard not to. It's hard to know everybody in this little town, regardless of how long you've been here. However. This person is quite a bit out of place. They're very, uh, they're clean-shaven. It looks like they have fresh, freshly pressed clothing. Has been making their way through the crowd, talking to people. Not really necessarily celebrating, uh, but he does look like he's there taking notes and talking to folks. And just moving about the crowd. Does this person look like they're having fun? Or are they too, like, focused? They're focused. They're not focused. To, they're they're not there to to party and celebrate. They're there to looks like to talk to people and take notes. If everybody else is partying, this person's kind of like talking to people. At some point, then they'll go over to Peach Pie and be like, "Peach Pie, the person over there." I'll point them out. Uh, they don't look like they're having a good enough time. You should go talk to them or say hi because you have your rain cloud on, right? You said. Yes, yes, rain cloud. Peach Pie walks up to them, a little drizzly. Hello, Peach Pie. As you walk up, uh, this man, that's a human man, looks like he's Verissian, possibly, uh, but he's clean-shaven, he has a notebook, and as you step up to him, he looks up at you, snaps close his notebook, and puts it into his pocket, and he says, Hello, Peach Pie, correct? Yes. I've heard much about you today, Peach Pie. From whom? Everyone. Everyone's talking about you. Oh. Well, we are rather noticeable in circus performers. That is very true. Very memorable. Memorable to the people that you've... You've talked to. And encountered. And saved from countless dangers! Also that, he has a pen and he shakes it at, at, at Bernard a little bit, you know, almost playfully. Yeah, also that, Bernard, right? Wait, yes, you know my name as well! How fantastic! Yes, Bernard, I know you as well. And Moonlight will pop up right about then and he's like, You don't look like you're having enough fun. This is supposed to be a celebration. Oh, hello. Yes, Moonlight, would you like me to juggle them? The... This person? Yes, I think that would be fun. I mean, sure. I'm sure that would be entertaining. Do I think I could juggle this person? How, how much do they look like they weigh? They're not your size, obviously. I'd say they're they're five eight, a uh, medium build. That's probably pretty heavy to juggle, even for a hero. Even for Peach Pie, probably, maybe a little. Although it's okay, as uh, you take the step toward, forwards, you know, while you're asking that question, he takes a few steps back. He hasn't backed up out of your rain cloud, but he does this time. He goes, oh, no, 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 it's okay, it's okay. Moonlight, right? Yes. I promise to have a good time and to party with you all if you all agree to an interview with me. I don't want to have fun anymore. I certainly can't, uh... 
make any promises for the others, but I would sit down and talk with you. What would you like to talk about? I suppose we can discuss that later, huh? Certainly we can discuss that later. Truly, Moonlight, uh, though I'd love to talk to all of those within your inner circle, you're the most important one that I talk to. Me? He bows slightly to you, and he says, uh, My name is Luther Carragon. I'm from the Absalom Herald. Oh, a newspaper, huh? Yes. You're still using paper? No, it's made out of trees, right? Actually, no. <laughs> my notebook, my notebook is made out of paper. Uh, I would, I would say it's locally sourced, but that seems to be the wrong thing to say right now, doesn't it? <laughs> well, I just winks. Uh, just anyways. winks at him. <laughs> so, no, actually, I, I have something I think is very interesting, and he has a coat on, like a blazer. He reaches in and he pulls out this foot-long rod, and it has this cap on the one end of it, and it's smooth, it's cylindrical, and he says, look, if I actually turn the top of this right here and point it at us, I can hold it and twist the knob, it will record our conversation. Oh, it's an experimental news thing. I have many of the rods. They only record a minute at a, at a time. The magic is still early, in the early stages. Required much funding. Uh, we did get, find a, a beneficiary, though. But, yeah. A benefactor? I'm very excited to talk to you. A benefactor, thank you. Sorry, I'm new to this whole being intelligent thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm staying at the local hooked in. I'll tell you, a minute at a time is not going to get you very much. No, that's true. We do have to be a little concise. Although, he reaches into his blazer and he actually pulls out... It has to be from an extra-dimensional space. There's no other explanation for it. But a leather-bound, like, briefcase. He pops it open, you know, flips open the lid for it, and there are, like, two dozen rods in this case. And he says, I've got one for each of you. Yeah. Moonlight looks over at, like... To put the case back. Wherever Jeb and the wizard are, and like, Well, I know a few of us will be pretty concise, I'm sure. <laughs> well, good. That's, uh... That's... That sounds like a deal to me. Then I suppose I should get to having that good time now, shouldn't I? Yes, yes. And Moonlight will just, like, grab somebody's beer as they walk by and hand it to him. <laughs> <laughs> they move to object, see who you are, and just walk away. So unless you would want to specifically facilitate Luther's good time, he happily takes his drink and bids you adieu. Yeah, with that, Moonlight will bow and dance off. And nothing else, I'm not going to say interesting doesn't happen because everybody's partying and having a good time, and that's interesting, but it's a Wednesday night. We're not going to do that on camera. So we're going to cut to the next morning. Where everybody is groggy, there is evidence of the party in the streets of the square, a few tables that have been knocked over and jostled, and uh, a few, you know, folks here and there that are passed out on the side, or even a couple that are passed out on top of each other. But the morning moves slowly. People are still really thankful. One of the things that happened throughout the party is that a lot of people came to 
the performers individually and thanked them. And not just the people of Willowside. We're talking people from the circus as well are coming in to thank them. Uh, not only for helping to save them from a very harrowing situation in an army of Zolgas facing down this little village, but also in giving them the courage to help fight. Fidget was one of those. Dingo was one of those. Ufi was one of those. The professor's going to come by wherever you all ended up passing out and bring you the coffee that he does every morning when he can. Love it. So as everyone's sitting around for morning breakfast after the celebration, he pours a coffee for whoever wants one. He'll pour a mimosa for whoever doesn't. Define morning. Like, how, 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 how early are we talking here? After a day like that, like 10 a.m., okay. 11 a.m. As long as it's not too early. Get out of here with that 6.30 a.m. bullshit. The professor knows better. It's so good that we could get this done and over with. No more Zogaths. No more armies. Just the circus. Yes, well, we still have more to do. There's still the tower itself. I suppose. I didn't even think to ask. That is for another time. We are in the moment here. True. That is true. It's good to take a break from those things when you can. You are correct. The Zolgas are gone. The dinosaurs are gone. The people are free to go about their days again. That means that we are able to go about our days as well. That is true. We can finish fixing up the tent and reset that up. If we're staying here, I guess. But assume we need to, like I said, we need to at least do the tower before we go. Then is that something you want to do soon? Which won't take a couple of days. I don't know. What do you guys think? I assume we just keep it going. Yeah. Well, I don't see a reason to delay too long. I suppose that's good. We still have to fix the tent. Although we did set it aside when it was, you know, when we went to fetch it at some point uh, during the, the early days of the siege. I uh, believe it's still safe. So there's not much work to do on it. Maybe a day or two? we get it all set up, should we go put back should we set up camp back in the spot where we started in Willowside? If it can be cleaned up, I don't know what kind of mess was made of it by the Zolgas. He puts his fingers to his head. How about this? We'll take a week to clear the spot, repair the tent, and then we can decide. No, not a week. Oh, I'm sorry. How, how many days? Three... Three days! <laughs> but really more like a week. <laughs> but more really more like a week. <laughs> I knew very early on, you know, doing one of these tower missions was very dangerous. Do you think you still need all that time? Suppose you don't know what's there. Yes, it could be a day, it could be multiple. It's hard to say. But the Zolgas around, I don't know if they already... We're working in the tower and it's now empty, or if there are other dangers in the tower, if there are still Zolgas in the tower that didn't leave. I'm not sure. Well, I suppose then, uh, I hope everything goes well there, and as always, we'll see you when you return. We'll have the circus well along its way, we hope, so when you don't just teleport there and back, and we can get started with promoting. Maybe we can do a few performances, get back into the swing of things. Yes, that sounds like a wonderful idea. Great. Well, 
then I'll leave you all for your preparation for the rest of the day. And, uh... Let me know if you need anything from me or any of the performers. I'll be directing them to the site north of here. Oh, uh, one more thing, actually. Uh, did did you speak to a Luther by chance? Hmm. Luther. Ah, yes, that was the man with the book last night. He wants to speak to us. Yes, he's a reporter for the Absalom Herald. Yes, he did mention that. Professor's eyes kind of go wide for a moment. Do you think... Do you think you could get everybody to slip in a performance to end the interview? It'd be great promotional activity and promotional work. He told me about his little recording rods. Fantastic little things. Circus advertising has to be creative where it can. Do you think you could slip some performances into those? Well, is it just audio recording? Is it going to see our performances? Many of our performances are visual more than auditory. Oh, he didn't show you, did he? It is visual. Oh? It creates this, like, projection. I mean, the sound comes through the rod, and it's a little tinny. It's not great. So there's not live band in front of you or live voices, but it still does the trick. I mean, a minute's kind of short for a, for a performance, but... Which is why you have to sneak it in. He can't stop you if you start it, can he? Can he? This is a great opportunity. It could be a foot in to Absalom. That would be wonderful. His eyes go all starry. Is it what you've always wanted, Professor? Blinks a few times, comes back down to Earth. Uh, uh, performing in the Absalom district, sir. Yeah, that would be very nice. To end up in the big city. We shall try to see what we can do completely uncharacteristic of the professor he does a little hand shake thing and, go, oh, and he goes and he hugs peach pie and then he steps back you know there's a thought you said the professor's voice is all messed up because he's got like a bunch of burns on his neck and shit right correct what if jeb cast regeneration on his neck could he heal his voice regrow his skin I don't know. Are you going to make me come up with a new voice for the professor on the fucking spot? No, but that could make him really happy. It's true. It would really make him happy. Perhaps. I don't know. Why don't you sit on that? Okay. <laughs> Decide if you want to. I'll think of something. Well, I suppose Estessa would probably like to talk to you. I'd like to talk to Estessa. I'm sure that is also true, so... He blushes. Well, that's, uh... That's quite a lot. This is all quite a lot. Um, I'm going to go get everybody started. Again, I wish you all the best of luck. And, uh, get in that promotion with that that Absalom Herald reporter. Yes, let's do it! And he practically skips off in the other direction. Alright, to the hotel then, I guess. So, my question to you all is, is you have kind of two routes here. You can just go to Luther and start the, uh, you know, get the interviews started if you want to get those on right away. Or you can head out to the tower and start that. We committed to the interviews. Let's just get those out of the way. Uh, let's get that over with. Go talk to Luther? Yeah. Is it a group interview? That way I don't have to say anything? Nice. No, it's not. Dibs on first. If you're doing one on ones you're fucking, you're fucked. 
I'm doing some. Yeah, I'm doing one on ones. Dibs on first. I'll frustrate Tyler so much he quits. <laughs> Luther let you know during the party that he's staying at the Hooked Inn, so it's not difficult to find him. When you head there to go look, he's it's you know probably early afternoon. He's not sitting at the bar having a drink, but he is sitting in the corner and he's got a notepad that he's out and writing on and taking notes. Anybody specific going up to him, or are we just all walking up at the same time? Fuck it. I'll, I'll walk up to him. No, I'll walk up to him. That's cool. The Wiz just wanders up to him. Hey, it's uh, Lex, right? Lex Luther? Luther. L- Luther Carrigan. Nice to meet you. Clark Kent. It, <laughs> damn it. He closes his notebook, and uh, he stands up and he shakes your hand. And Luther Carrigan of the Absalom Herald. Hello. You must be the wizard. Am I right? Yeah, close enough. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. So, has, has, have you all agreed to interviews with me? You're interviewing us? I'm doing interviews. Did Moonlight not tell you? Moonlight, did you tell us? Um, not really. I don't, I don't think Moonlight told me. Oh, well, then allow me to be the first. I, Luther Carrigan of the Absalom Herald, would very much like to interview you. The wizard. Some exclusive experimental reporting that we're doing at the Absalom Herald, and I'm very, very interested in your story. Everyone's story, really. Oh, I'm pretty interested in our story, too. Fantastic. Here, I think you'll like this part very much from what I've heard. And he reaches into his jacket, he's got a blazer on. He reaches out and he pulls out this big leather bound case and flips it open. And there are slots with tubes sporadically throughout, and they're all magical. I grab one and start examining it. Go ahead and give me an arcane check. 39. Even on a 7, that blows this out of the water. He'll explain it to you, but you know what he's going to say before he even begins to say it. These fascinating little devices are called recording rods. See, this little knob at the top, you just give it a little twist, and then it actually records us talking with it it gets the voice and then and then it gets you the the picture of you and you can display it you can you know project it if you will that's amazing i slide it up my sleeve ah <laughs> what's that's that's uh <clears throat> that's mine the wizard the, you just take take that that's not that's not your property so the interview is that my price i i just took it then moving on to the interview <laughs> is that is that the cost for the interview with you, the wizard? Uh, sure. Great. Great. I see everybody else is here, hanging out. Hello. 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 Did the wizard just steal from you? He did, it's, actually. It's not stealing. I need to examine it further. It's magical. You know me. We have one less, one less minute of recording for this whole thing, so I suppose uh, whoever's... You can take it out of mine. I have so much to ask you. I have so much to ask all of you. Oh, it's only 20 gold. I was going to say, is this a new item from uh, the bazaar? Because I don't see it. Uh, no, I don't actually. see it in items. It's from Devil at the Dreaming Palace. Must be an AP specific. Judge watch, right? I don't know. I thought it might come in handy at some point. So I stole it. That's only 20 gold. I'm not going to worry about that. You will thank me later when I record something important. Uh-huh. <laughs> It records anything it sees and hears for one minute. That could come in handy at some point, right? It could. That was magical. I wanted magic. 
I suppose if uh, if you're ready, you want to get it going, uh, Wizard, would you like to go first then? Sure, let's do this. What, what, I've never been interviewed before. What, what, how do I go first? Great. Well, we need a good space. I actually talked to the innkeeper in beforehand, and I've actually had a different room set up for it. Here, come follow me. And uh, he stands up, he puts the big old box, and disappears into his uh, blazer of holding. I was just going to make a mansion. Oh, the mansion. We should do a mansion. That's a better idea. I was going to laugh at him as all of his recording rods spill out. (laughs) (laughs) We don't have to do that. It's fine. In, in my mind, that happened, though. I like it. I like <laughs> it. It's good enough. I like it. So here, come. He leads you to a a side room. Looks like it was, you know, one of the private dining rooms that some of these uh, taverns and t- tend to have occasionally. I follow. The table's been removed. All the chairs are out. He takes the wizard in. What? Does he just expect the rest of us to wait outside? And at the door, when Peach Pie goes to, to come in, he goes, Oh, ah, look. Peach pie, right? Yes. Prefer very much if we could do this in in in. Never private. split the party. I'm sorry. What? Uh, the last time someone tried to uh, get us separated, the guy tried to rip Peach Pie's face off. So it was very unpleasant. It didn't even hurt you. I didn't say it was Oh, let's painful. not get into that. <laughs> I just said it was unpleasant. Okay. I mean, you got your face back. It is what it is. As, you're, as you guys are talking, he pulls out a pad, a pad of paper, and a little, a little pencil, and he starts scribbling. Uh, Pe- Peach Pie, I'll, I'll, I'll be fine. Moonlight, I'm okay. I mean, what, what's the worst he's going to do to me? Like, cut your face off. <laughs> I thought it was pretty clear about this. <laughs> he closes the notepad and goes, Really? Very cautious and protective of each other, aren't you? Well, yes. We've had people try to cut our faces off and many other things. We're like family. A very, very dysfunctional, circus, weird fa- family. But I suppose we can allow you to yeah, it's, be it's, in it's the next okay. room. I, I am I am just a touch concerned as a <clears throat> as a reporter as an interviewer. I get a lot more uh, true answers from my interviewees when it's just you know us. We, we already we already said okay. Just move, come on, let's go. <laughs> well, oh, we're good. We're good. We're good. We're good. Yes, they're pushing you into the ring. Right. Fantastic. I mean, close the Before door. Before moonlight changes their mind. <laughs> He goes and he pulls out and he starts setting up. He's got these series of tripods that he pulls out of all of his extra dimensional spaces and he sets them up. And on each of the tripods, he sets up one of these recording rods that are all pointing to the center of the room where there are two chairs facing each other. As he's setting them up, he's, he says, go, go on, go, you can have a seat if you'd like. Uh, I'll be with you in just a moment. I sit down and start packing my pipe. Uh, as he finishes uh, with the tripods, he has a little sheaf of paper, some pad pencil that he pulls out, sits across from you, adjusts his tuxedo. He begins casting spell. What spell? Recognize spell. That's yeah, a reflex, a reaction for you, right? It's a free action. You don't need to make a check on this. He's casting Unseen Servant. Oh, okay. I was going to say, I don't, I already know it then, that's fine. So he casts on Teen Servant, and the little shimmering outline of the servant goes over to the first tripod, the one that's right in the middle, getting the center shot of you all. The little shimmering outline gives a thumbs up. He goes, okay, so 
We have a series of recording rods set up in a particular order. It'll all be a fluid thing for you. We'll deal with all the, you know, what comes afterwards back in Absalom. The important thing is, is that we don't have a ton of time. I will have some questions for you, and we will get into them. And, uh, you know, answer whatever your comfort level is. The important thing here to note is that there are many people in Absalom uh, from many different walks of life who are very interested in the story that they've been hearing from you all. So, I've done my research. And he makes a little note to the Unseen Servant, who then twists the first recording rod. This little cone of light beams out of it and flickers a little bit, but it encompasses the two of you sitting there. I spark my pipe. Hello, my name is Luther Kerrigan of the Absalom Herald. This month's series of recording rods is brought to you by Wyeth of the Mithril Dragons, and he has the following message. Congratulations on being part of the Mithril timeline. Remember, report any Thessalonian objects or sites to your local Mithril ward as soon as possible. The safety of the timeline could be at stake. This little bead that he had, he lifts it up and Wyeth's voice comes projecting from the little bead and then he puts it back in his pocket afterward, regains his composure. Thank you, everybody, for joining us tonight. We are here to interview members of the Inner Circle for the up-and-coming Circus of Wayward Wonders. Now, most of the time we interview the up-and-coming artists, politicians, and movers and shakers of the Absalom scene, but this time we're reaching outside of the city. And I have with me here today one of those members for the Circus of the Wayward Wonders. Please tell me, who are you, and what do you do? Uh, I am the Wayward Wizard of Wonders. I um, I, I don't know what I do. I, I do everything. I mean, I, I lead the... The music, I'm the band leader, the pyrotechnics guy, I'm blowing shit up. I talk to stuff, I blow other stuff up. I blew up a building once, that was, that was, that was interesting. You know, it's interesting that you mentioned that uh, from one of the sources that I interviewed in Eskadar said that one of the first things that you did on r- arriving on site was set your prospective circus site on fire. Tell us about that. <laughs> I set it on fire? It says at least a dozen witnesses. Yeah. Also from your circus say so as well. That sounds like me. Interesting. Now, I notice, uh, and uh, this is something that is noted uh, uh, for for many people, uh, but you were not an an original part of the Circus of Wayward Wonders when it was first split from the Celestial Menagerie, as it were, correct? Uh, Correct. I came to find my friends Savatri and Kestrel. By the time I got here, unfortunately, they had passed on. And he draws a little Phrasman spiral over his chest. He goes, oh, Savatri and Kestrel. I tell you, I heard much of them when I was asking around. Uh, now, you were friends of theirs before they joined the circus, are you saying? Yes? Yes. So, uh, tell me, was it a surprise when you returned and saw that they were dead? I think. Interesting, interesting. He makes a couple of notes. There are a lot of people, myself included, who know that you can talk to many different things. What's the most interesting thing, creature, from another plane of existence or monster that you've ever spoken to? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. I think you. Yeah, you're the most interesting. It clutches his pearls. Oh, that's so flattering. Thank you. When it comes to the wizard handle, and he air quotes the wizard really heavily, 
Do you know your name? I'm the wizard. Well, one of the things that we I know many times from many people that we talk to is that you seem to have a difficulty remembering, remembering even the smallest events, which you've absolutely depicted here in the interview so far. Have you forgotten your name? Uh, I did for a while. Yeah, you have, but, really. But now I just then, I don't see a use for it anymore anyways. You don't see a use for your name. Interesting. So you know your name. Yeah. So... Why did you abandon the name Obron? Obron, is it Naziros? I take a puff of my from my pipe, and uh, wh- where did you hear that name? It took a lot of digging. Obron, honestly, it took a lot of digging. We talked to a lot of people. We had to go all the way to Jalmeray. Went all the way to Jalmeray and talked to somebody that you knew. Now, we talked to the Lantern Bearers. They refused to give us the info, claimed you didn't exist. We found someone. We found someone who told us who you were. Do you want to know who that someone is? No. If you heard it, you heard it. That's fine. I prefer you kept it off the record, though. Right, right. And he goes and gestures to the Unseen Servant, who goes and twists another one, another recording rod that puts it back to you and him. Why did you abandon Obron and run away to join the circus? The lantern bearers have a noble cause for the elves of Kionin, but they couldn't keep a lid on the secret anymore. Was that why you left? I left when the Winter Council fell. And the secret can't be kept, so you fled to the circus, but you forgot your name. Did something happen to make you run? I blow smoke in his face. (laughs) He starts coughing and he waves it out of the way. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> Point taken. <laughs> that, oh. No. This. This is what happened. Th- this helps you forget. Wait. Blinks a little bit. Oh. After a few years, I seem to have gained a bit of a tolerance, though. Interesting. Interesting. He starts writing things down. So, are you telling me that this memory loss that you've been having has to do with this thing that you smoke? Is this an herb? Documented? Is this something that an alchemist, we could have an alchemist look at it? It's an experimental herb. I grew up myself now. You do, you do. More writing, more writing. Doesn't really have any medicinal effects. Just helps you forget the shit that you don't want to remember. I'm sure that many of folk would like something like that. Back to the circus. Was it difficult to find yourself in a place where you'd never been before? After learning your friends had, had passed on? Did you feel like melding with the circus was easy? The the circus has been a new home. I wasn't sure if I was a member for quite a while. Wait, am I part of the circus? Am I in the circus now? (laughs) So we've been told. I finally made it. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, guys, guys, did you hear that? I'm in the circus now. (laughs) Do you hear him explaining me, exclaiming behind the doors? One last question before you go, and I appreciate all of your time. Uh, with us, and thank you so much. Tell us a little bit about your relationship with your ringleader, Moonlight. Uh, we don't, we don't have a, a relationship. <laughs> well, I didn't necessarily mean that, but if that's what it was, I couldn't find a word to put it. We tried. Interesting, interesting. Swanee Swan, <laughs> doesn't look happy about that. I retract He's that like, comment. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, Moonlight's been great. Very welcoming. They sometimes scare me a little bit, but I think they kind of scare everybody a little bit, so it's okay. Takes a few more notes. Yes, so indeed, I've heard. Well, everybody, thank you so much. Again, 
Obron, thank you so much for your time. In the next series of interviews, we will be talking to some more members of the Circus of Wayward Wonders. Stay tuned or play your next rod. See you then. And then the Unseen Servant twists off the last one. And he stands up and holds out his hands. Thanks so much for talking to me. Really, really, that was fantastic. Yeah, it was all right. Is the interview over? Yeah, we turned it off. Okay. I know that was super nerve-wracking, super nerve-wracking, but do you, do you want to know? Do you want to know who, who told us who you were? Off, off camera? Give me a perception check right there, actually. Wait, this reporter's giving up his fucking... Source. Source, this is a shitty, very, very, very shitty reporter. 42. He's got in, in the, the pocket, like the breast pocket of his blazer that he's been wearing. One of the little recording rods is poking out ever so slightly. When he says the the word off the record, it clicks, and it's now recorded. This guy's a face of shit. I'm not talking to him. <laughs> yeah, it's some sketchy shit, bro. Um, I don't know if the wizard cares, though. Like, Ted cares, but I don't think the wizard cares. Who'd you hear it from? I would like to know. He wouldn't tell us his name, but he did say to give you a message. He said he'll see you in train real soon. I don't know what that means. Never heard of the place. Shrain? Shrain. Society check? What the fuck is Shrain? He shrugs. He's like, I don't know. Or 36? It's nagging you. It's You're having this moment of deja vu, but the memory doesn't complete. Do you want to see who wants to go next? Or do you want me to go? I just walk out of the room. See you later. He stays behind and he starts replacing the recording rods and marking them with numbers. And then putting them back in their storage and setting up the next the next go. So while all that's going on, Wiz is having his thing. Moonlight's got Peach Pie and jabbing just like, okay, now no matter who goes next, like a minute in, we need to burst in and start doing a performance. Okay, guys? And, you know, you need to make sure that the wizard comes with, or whoever's out here needs to make sure the wizard comes with. All right, then. Who's going to want to go second? You do. What's that, Jeb? You're going second? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Is that an intimidate check? No. Scare me to death, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe us bursting in while in the middle of yours will distract them and you can be done. Sneak out. Look at Turtle. Where's Turtle? Yeah, definitely bring Turtle in. I'm using it to scare the shit out of this reporter so he doesn't want to ask me any questions. <laughs> I love that. Well, then after the interview, the, the wizard comes out. Moonlight won't let the wizard go too far away. Turtle and Jeb go in next. Reluctantly. The name's Jeb. Peace. <laughs> uh, Jeb. Uh, go, go ahead. Good, good. Uh, have a seat. I don't, I don't have a place for... Is it Turtle? Turtle is the name of your giant tiger? She'll be right just fine right next to you. Right next to me. Okay, great. Uh, so he starts casting a spell. And he says, I, I've, I've heard Perception. You have- <laughs> uh, now you know this. You've seen the wizard cast it. It's Unseen Servant. Dispel. Do you have Dispel? Nope, but my Ion Stone does. You, it you're, does. You're, you're using the, I- the <laughs> Ion Stone. <laughs> what? What's the trigger? What's the trigger? It has to, it has to tr- target me. Oh, does oh, it? Okay. <laughs> I was like, I would totally fucking do it. (laughs) 
Oh, all the situations you've gone through without using it, and this is when you do it. <laughs> I don't really get targeted by spells. So, like, I've had it in the back of my head trying to use it, but... Just waiting for the right moment. I mean, it doesn't break. I get to use it daily. I thought there was a so chance for it to go away. If... There's a chance for it to break, yes. Hello again. This is Luther Carrigan of the Absalom Herald in part two of the interview series with the Circus of Wayward Wonders. I have with me... Who are you? And what do you do? I'm Jebediah Hickburn. Do a little bit of everything, you know? That's what that's what Ted said. How dare you take my line? <laughs> <laughs> I do everything. You don't do shit except cast spells. You weren't in my interview. <laughs> Fuck off, Jeb. <laughs> you know, I'm just a simple man. I take care of the animals, and that's about it. So I I, I see that uh, uh, Turtle is, is sitting right next to me. What a adorable-looking kitty. And how comfortable does Turtle look right now? Pretty comfortable. I turn her into a little cat. Oh, you did a little baby companion thing? In the middle of the interview? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and, then she, and then she just jumps up. And then I clone her. <laughs> oh, this is phenomenal. We're getting a performance already. I haven't even gotten any of my questions. And there's two turtles and the little lady babies. What fantastic magic. So this has been about a minute now, right? Cue the break. Yep, come on in, boys. We, we all jump in. <laughs> uh, so if you guys, you've, that means you've had roughly two minutes to quick devise something. Give me your burst in performance in Jebediah's interview in two minutes. What's your plan? Go. So Peach Pie, do you want to like roll in or something? Some sort of tumble? Sure. I'll tumble in and I'll be juggling things. I'll say while you're juggling, yes. Juggle, 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 rain cloud. I'll even sing. Come along, girls and boys. Come and see thrills and joys. <laughs> How big is this room? Uh, it's a you know private dining room, so I would say 10 by 20. 10 by 20. Hmm. Moonlight will burst in behind Peach Pie, uh, and they'll be dancing, and they'll use... You know, just some of their abilities that they have for dance, like, um, dancing scarf. Like, uh... Oh, that's right, that's right. Yeah, on your most recent action, you succeed at a performance check to dance, you become concealed. And so it's kind of like, I'm, like, dancing, and then all of a sudden I just disappear, and I kind of, like, pop up somewhere else a short bit later. All right, wizard? Uh, what do you got? The wizard panics for a second, looking at Peach Pie and Moonlight, and realizing he was supposed to have a performance ready. And starts shuffling into his sleeves, pulling random shit out in his bags. <laughs> Tosses out a, a grail, twisted desires. The marvel he pauses at the marvelous Calliope, Calliope, and uh, looks around the room. And he's like, "No, no, no, that's a bad idea." Tosses that. <laughs> um, grabs out one of his door knockers, opens a door in the wall, and then uses the second door knocker to open a second door in the wall back in, and pops in. <laughs> just like we had some doors that you just open. Oh, hey. Oh, man. Oh, that's fantastic. And of course, conveniently, he has set up the recording rods in a semicircle that is facing some chairs in the middle, but also the door. So as the circus comes bursting in in the middle of the interview, Jeb, what do you do? I continue the performance with the cats. More kitties. It was all a ploy. Let's do a performance check. Wizard gets a 34. Peach Pie, what do you get on your performance check? 35. 35. Fantastic performances. Moonlight, what do you get on yours? Uh, 41. 
20 with a 2 with an 18 I don't perform the animals do <laughs> it's it's all turtle in, in the cuteness right especially with the two of them so the circus bursts in and he doesn't really say anything he just sits back his eyes go wide for a moment but then he you know takes a few notes and just kind of waits for you all the whole spectacle to be done. And every time it gets to the end of one of the recording rods, he'll make a note to the Unseen Servant to continue to the next rod. And then we all walk out one of the wizard's doors and he grabs them and leaves. <laughs> <laughs> so when everybody leaves, Jeb, are you staying? Or are you taking the opportunity to bounce? Oh, I leave. Yeah, for sure. So Jeb bounces. <laughs> You got my name. That's it. <laughs> and he sits in the chair. And he looks over to the cameras and he says, You know, I had a lot of questions for Jebediah Hickburn. Jebediah Hickburn of the same Hickburn family that Ezekiel Hickburn comes from. Everybody knows Ezekiel Hickburn. He's one of the famed Mithril Dragons. I had a lot of questions for him in regards to his family's adventuring lives. Simple servant farmers. Oh, well. I suppose Jebediah will remain a mystery for now. He... Gives a little nod to the unseen servant who turns off the recording rod for the interview. Who's next? The wizard's moonlighter peach by. The wizard sneaks into the room to pick up all the shit he threw on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> I left this oh, here. Oh, 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 don't, oh, don't mind me. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I can go next. I've got a feeling he wants to talk to Moonlight. <laughs> He does want to talk to Moonlight last. But do you want to go yeah, last? The opportunity. I'm fine going last. All right. Peach Pie goes in. You see the same scene. He's taking down all the recording rods from the tripods, replacing them with another set in that semicircle that's around the two chairs that are sitting there. And uh, as you walk in, he just goes, Ah, Peach Pie, thanks again for help, for agreeing to do this. Uh, how you doing? Mm. Miserable. All right, all right. Well, I have a seat. Is Bernard with you? Yes, of course. I'm right here on his shoulder where you can plainly see me. Fantastic. Sorry, the Peach Pie's head was in the way when you walked in. I'm quite a bit shorter than he is. Anyways, I have a seat. We'll get started. I do. On the floor. On the floor? Middle of the floor. Middle of the floor. (laughs) He wood scrapes on wood as he scoots the, the chair that he's on back a little bit. And he looks over at all of the the recording rods. Now completely out of place. Yeah, exactly. All completely out of frame. <laughs> and he says, hold, hold on, hold on one moment. Just one one sec. And he gets up and he adjusts every single one of them. I make a stealth check to move back to the chair. <laughs> okay, do that. I get an 18. <laughs> of course you do. While his back is turned as he's just finishing, I move back to the chair. And, and he's just like, okay. He turns back around again. I, oh, Peach Pie, this is fantastic. Good, great, fantastic material for the audience. Stay where you are. And he goes back to start readjusting everything. And he checks every couple of seconds behind him to make sure that you're staying where you are. And he nods to himself, and then he moves faster, goes back to his chair. Now, Peach Pie, I'm going to ask you a series of questions. Answer at your leisure. You've got quite the performance in uh, during Jebediah's interview. Do you guys have something planned for yours? I have a lot of questions for you, too. It will just have to be a mystery. Oh, I love and hate that all at the same time. Mostly hate. All right, then let's get going. 
He gives a signal to the unseen servant and he says, Hello, my name is Luther Kerrigan from the Absalom Herald, and I am here in part three of our interview series with the Circus of Wayward Wonders. For our next member, members of the circus, who are you and what do you do? Hello, I'm Peach Pie. I'm a clown. Hello, my name is Bernard. I'm a squirrel and I'm Peach Pie's familiar. Yes, that's 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 so very interesting. Tell me, uh, you are both such a dichotomy. You're just you're not. Is dichotomy the word I'm looking for? I think the word you're looking for is juxtaposition. Juxtaposition. The juxtaposition that you two provide is just just absolutely wonderful. And we got to see some of that here just too, not too long ago in part two of this series of interviews. But tell me, Bernard, where do you come from? Where do I come from? Well, that's really quite a metaphysical question, you see. I was created alchemically by peach pie. So my sources tell me. But there's more to it than that. Yes, it's it's, it's all very philosophical, really. Philosophical? How? Well, you see, peach pie strives to be a hero, but struggles to find the hero within himself. And so he created me to embody that heroic personality that he has deep down inside of him behind the frown of the clown. I see, I see. Thank you, Bernard. That's that's very insightful. Interesting, interesting. I'd like to hear from the man himself. I'm not a man. I'm a clown. Oh, I'm sorry. Pulls out his notes. Okay, all right. Are you you identify as a clown then? Yes. Is that a they or a he or always a clown? Clown. Right. Makes another note. Good. Um Sorry, uh, tell me, the sources sources tell me that Peach Pie, you created Bernard at your time at the, the, the Circus of Wayward Wonders. Did you talk to Bubbles? Well, I mean, I won't necessarily give my sources away, but many people talked about you. I got lots of discussion from some of your circus members. Did he try to sell you illicit narcotics? More importantly, did you buy any? (laughs) Because if you did, he owes me a share. (laughs) I I did, in fact, talk to Bubbles. I won't say what exactly we talked about. Um, but no, no, I did not take any of his drugs. Would you like to buy some from me? And I pull out a polypurpose panacea. We are absolutely on recording rod right now. Please, please, please. He gestures over to the unseen servant who then turns it off. Says, Be- Peach Pie, what are you doing? You're offering me drugs on a recording? I'm being a clown. <laughs> <laughs> See, it goes, okay, 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 I guess, keep going? The Unseen Servant clicks clicks it again. Uh, so, Peach Pie, tell me about, um, you creating Bernard. Why did you want to create Bernard? That's rather personal. It is. How about this? Just as a, you know, tangential topic, did you create Bernard before or after the tragic accident that took the lives of Kestrel and Savatri Sayana. I could not say I was not with them at the time, but by the time Bernard had been created, they were dead. I see. What was life with your now past performers like before they passed? Kestrel was very happy and friendly. 
Dr. Vautre was the opposite of those things. What spurred you to action after the deaths? I'm looking for some sort of some sort of spark in your eyes, some sort of passion, some sort of need to take up the hammer, but you don't seem to, to show any of that passion for the need to pick up the hammer. Well, you see, there was a void in the party, the group that was trying to solve important problems, and I knew that there were very few other people that could step up and, and do the things that needed to be done, but Peach Pie, he's so strong and he has his hammer, and he can fight well, and I thought, well, Peach Pie, you should go and be a hero, and really I convinced him. So, Bernard, then, then so many communities across the Isles of Cortos have partly you to thank. Oh, <laughs> well, I don't look at it that way, but yes. <laughs> Peach Pie, as far as anyone can tell, and I speak to a lot of people doing research for these, for these interviews, as far as anybody's ever known, you've only ever been a clown. Always a clown. Who were you before? You were a clown. Nobody of consequence. See, I managed to track somebody down who thinks they might remember you. It is possible. Are you from Absalom? The person I was before I was Peach Pie was from Absalom. The Puddles. From the Puddles. Just exactly what we heard exactly what we heard, but you've always been a circus hopper from one to the next. What makes you move so much before staying with this circus? Wherever they have work to be done, I do the work. The work here is more interesting, though. That would certainly seem to be the case. One more thing before we finish up here, Peach Pie. Do you have hopes for the future? Hope. Is for fools, and I'm just a clown. He turns robotically to look at the cameras and goes, What a positive outlook to end this positively fantastic interview on. Bernard, do you have any final words? Yes! Keep your hearts full of hope. Whoever you are, you are valid, and your existence is worthwhile. As for the Isle of Cortos, do not worry. These heroes of the Circus of Wayward Wonders have been prophesied to save it. I've seen it with my own eyes. Everything will be all right, I promise. He turns back to the recorder rod and says, Well, may your day be much less complicated than this seemed to have been. Thank you. This is Luther signing off for part three of the interview series. Gives the Unseen Servant to click it off. I hit him in the face with a pie. <laughs> Is that like uh, holding in a fart when you're in front of a girl you like? You just hold it the entire time, and the moment you get a chance to let it out, you just all goes? Sure. Sure. Just looking <laughs> looking for an analogous to draw to that. So you wait till he turns it off to hit him with the pie? Yes. I don't want to give him the satisfaction of getting it on recording. <laughs> And he does, he wipes it off his face. He goes, oh, Peach Pie, that would have been a fantastic way to end that interview. Would you like to turn them back on so I can hit you again? No, 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 the moment's passed, the moment's passed. Although I appreciate the gesture. No, it's jester. I do, in fact, appreciate the jester. Thank you. So few people do. You're welcome, Peach Pie. I leave... 
Quap, quap, quap. Then that leaves Moonlight. Moonlight sits outside waiting for him to come get them. <laughs> I'm done, Moonlight, if you'd like to go. Moonlight just sits there, waiting. <laughs> <laughs> I would say two minutes pass, enough time for him to get everything all set up. He pokes his head out. Are you sitting nearby, like within sight of the doorway? Yeah, I'm, I'm like sitting right there, just waiting. He pops his head out and he goes, oh, Moonlight, uh, we're all ready for you. Oh, okay, good. Come on in and have a seat. I'll come in and I'll kind of look around. I'll sit in his chair. In his chair? Yeah. He walks over and he nods his head and he moves to go sit in the chair that he had set aside what he thought you were going to sit in. That little, like, nod. He recognizes the silent power play, just like Peach Pies sitting in the middle of the room. (laughs) He says, all right, well, thank you again, Moonlight, for doing this with us. Thank you so much for the impromptu performance. It was absolutely wonderful. Great to experience would have been fantastic to be told ahead of time but I suppose that's not exactly what you do follow expectations if we told you ahead of time it wouldn't have been a surprise true enough how about we get this started then yes yes of course and he gives the signal to the unseen servant hello again my name is Luther Kerrigan of the Absalom Herald and I am here with the final interview of our series of interviews with the Circus of Wayward Wonders, I have with me the ringleader of the circus. Tell us, who are you? And, of course, aside from the ringleader, what do you do? Um, I'm Moonlight, Shadow Dance, and I do just that. I dance. I understand that you have a very interesting and relatively complicated life. Short, though, how old are you? Oh, you know... Early years are a little hard to say for sure, but uh, I think I'm about five-ish, maybe six now, six, I don't know. And to be to be the, the leader of a, uh, a circus that is quickly gaining repute across the eyes of Kortos, there's a reason I'm here, but uh, you didn't start in this role, did you? No, I was voted in, I suppose. Voted in? After the former ringleader died. Yes, there's an unfortunate accident or tragedy of Myron Stendahl. The previous ringleader died right before performance. How tragic. Yes, yes, definitely. I mean, he was the one that brought us all together. But I suppose, in the grand scheme of things, it was the catalyst of what started everything in the first place. So, I suppose the people should thank Myron for his death? Interesting, interesting. So, you did not start at the Circus of Wayward Wonders. You were first, if I'm to get this right, and he checks his notes, he says, an attraction at the Celestial Menagerie. Tell us about that. Moonlight's Demeter changes a little bit at bringing up. Should have known that that was going to happen, but at the same time, they, they were trying to think it wouldn't happen. Ah, yes. The Celestial Menagerie. I was, as you said, in... Attraction. Again, an interesting situation where I suppose I should be thankful for being created in the first place, but the circumstances are less than favorable. Yes, dark circumstances from what I've found from my, from my sources. Yes, dark indeed. Tell me, when you took the circus of Wayward Wonders from Abiton to Eskadar, was it your plan 
to destroy the Celestial Menagerie for what they did to you. Not in the way that it was destroyed. The plan was to outshine them and show them that there was a better way to be a circus. That's very interesting, considering some of the other things that happened around that time. What do you know of a, uh, a Delamar? Man who went missing very, very shortly after your arrival in Eskadar. Do you know anything about him? Yes, he stopped by our circus once. He was attempting to steal our customers over to their show. I suppose you took offense to that, didn't you? Certainly couldn't have it, so we asked him to leave. Asked him to leave. Now, it's interesting. We, we found some, some people who were, well, present, witnessing around in that time, and it sounded like they... Delamar didn't leave when you asked him to, did you? Or did he? Uh, no. It took some convincing. Interesting, interesting. Then, do you find it strange that Delamar would go missing so shortly after this interaction where you needed to forcibly eject him from your grounds? I just find it very strange. Do you know what happened to him? His family's very worried. If I got embarrassed like he did, I would have left town too. <laughs> Next question about Eskadar. Spent a lot of time in Eskadar talking to people who saw some of the stints of shows that you put on there. Wonderful performances from what I understand, but uh, quite quite the tragedy also occurred at the Celestial Menagerie. Understood that there was a bog hest that was set loose on them. You wouldn't have to know anything about that, would you? Set loose? I mean, that sounds particularly nasty. I think the Barghast probably just came back for a little revenge for being treated the way he was. And he pulls out a little sheaf of paper and he says, We actually have uh, a first-hand account witness who I spoke to uh, about this exact situation. Since he appeared on, on the site of the Celestial Menagerie at the exact same time that you did with temporary uh, sheriff's badges. Uh, it looked like they had deputized you for a particular arrest to be made against Mistress Dusklight. Showed up at the exact same time. Killed eight people. I literally have a constable's badge for Eskadar on my chest. <laughs> <laughs> it's still there and he, he points to it when he mentions it then not many people were willing to talk to it but I did find one, one who was willing did not have a favorable, favorable opinion of you Moonlight if Absalom is to welcome the Circus of Wayward Wonders into its entertainment districts what promises can you give the people of Absalom as the ringleader of the Circus of Wayward Wonders, that death and tragedy and potential demon worship don't follow in your wake. Demon worship? That's a new one. Just something that somebody said. There was a Barghest involved, after all. Are Barghest demons? Huh. Well, I mean, if the person that you talked to would remember, we were attacked by the Barghest also. I mean, obviously, it was not our friend. He'll put a finger up to the, to the recording writer. He said, that, that, I can also confirm that. So, I mean, yes, death does happen around us, but death happens all the time in all of these cities and all of these continents. Just because we were nearby doesn't mean it's our fault. Very interesting. Very interesting. And then we'll I think we'll leave some of that decision up to the folks of Absalom and whether or not they come to see you if you so come to, if you so choose to set up shop around any of the entertainment districts in Absalom. I mean, obviously Absalom would be a huge jump from playing the farmlands of the Swordlands. Well, all that groundwork definitely made you get noticed. 
there's also something else that made you get noticed. I've spoken to many of your people. I've spoken to many people that you've affected. From the mayor of a small farming town on the Isle of Erin to a lone hermit who was left by himself after he was saved by you from a cult. In 30 seconds, because we're running out of time on the recording rods here, what do you think happened to Aroden? To Aroden? To Aroden. I mean, I, he's dead. What do you mean? What do I think happened to him? We hear, and I have good sources that tell me that you are now directly involved with research into Aroden and his past. Is that correct? I mean, we found some books. One of them happens to specifically mention the fact that he stole some Aeon Orbs from Zolgas and created these isles with them, but you know. Is that why Zolgas attacked this poor defenseless village city of Willowside? I mean, that's our understanding, but there are Zolgaths. Who really knows? You encountered the Zolgaths outside Aberton, right? Yes. They congregate near the Aeon Orbs. As I just mentioned, they believe they are theirs. Can't wholly disagree with them, but... And where there are no Aeon Orbs, in the bowels of Eskadar, you also encountered Zolgaths, is that correct? Yes, but that was to research the Aeon Orbs, I would assume. That's where we found the book that explained the deeds of Aridin. And all throughout the Swordlands, Zolgaths, wherever you go. Tell us, do you think it's because you're gathering something from these orbs, or you're involving yourself with the Aeon orbs, or are they following you? I'm sure, as Bernard probably told you, we are something of heroes. And Moonlight, like, snickers, almost snickers, like... <laughs> Moonlight doesn't consider themselves a hero, but... And these places, we choose specifically to follow the orbs themselves. Because our understanding is they are being attacked by the Zelgas, and while the Zelgas may have a right to claim, the death and whatnot from the loss of the orbs could be devastating to this area. Now that's a lot of very interesting information that, that I, I don't think I have really any sources that can corroborate that info. So when will it all end with the Zolgaths? What's their primary objective? My assumption is to do to the humans what the god of the humans did to them. Take their stuff and, and he, leave them behind. He kind of pointedly turns to one of the recording rods and says, and says, you heard it here first, folks. We have a group of circus performers who are doing their best to save the Isle of Kortos from imminent destruction. But will they be successful? Hopefully we'll have another... Will you do another interview with us, Moonlight, if things go well? Assuming I survive, sure. As you know, not all of us have. And, like, that's like the one time Moonlight actually looks, like, sad. He's gonna capitalize on that. Were you made uh, ringleader before or after the tragic deaths of Savatri and... Kestrel. I was always the de facto leader, and yes, I believe I was voted to be the official ringleader prior to their deaths. Well, I'm so sorry for your loss, Moonlight. Thank you. I wish there was something we could have done, but we didn't have the strength at the time. Well, thank you again for joining us here tonight. This is the conclusion of our series of interviews with the Circus of Wayward Wonders, this has been Moonlight Shadow Dance, the ringleader. And Moonlight, if any of our listeners or viewers would like to 
watch one of your performances, where can they find you right now? Right now we're in Willowside, which has recently been cleared up from a siege, so open for business. (laughs) (laughs) Trade routes are open, folks. And hopefully Moonlight will join us next time. This has been Luther Kerrigan of the Absalom Herald. Thank you for joining, and good night. say Tyler did a pretty good job with all of that considering how prone we are to being fuck-offs. Well done, Tyler. Well done. Nice job forcing some exposition upon us. Now, seemingly all we have left to do is go to the tower and take care of it. What further dangers await? Find out next time as we continue The Extinction Curse. And until then, may you have many great adventures of your own. It's your turn.